0: This is the Build Your Network Podcast, episode 388.
1: Hey, this is Melanie Parrish, author of The Experimental Leader. And if you want to learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should listen you you should be listening to Build Your Network Podcast with my good friend, Travis Chapel.
0: Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chapel and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Network podcast. Today, I am sitting down with Melanie Parrish. Melanie is a public speaker, consultant, workshop leader, author, and master certified coach through the International Coach Federation, from whom she also received the PRISM Award. She's been in this business for over 20 years, guys. So um, if this is something that you are interested in in the least, I'm sure you're going to enjoy this conversation that I have with Melanie. But first, really quickly, if you are a coach or a consultant or maybe a real estate State investor or solopreneur or you own a six or seven figure business and you know the importance of podcasting, you know that it could bring Just exponential relationships and uh, and and exponentially grow your network. You know that it could bring uh, deeper relationships with your existing clientele. You know that it could bring authority and credibility in your space, your industry. Get you more speaking gigs, gigs. Get you uh, get you publishing deals and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But you just don't know how to start a show, or maybe you just don't have the time, or the team, or the resources. Then allow me and my team to do it for you. Head over to travischapel.com/slash/make-my-podcast. That's travischapel.com/slash/make-my podcast. There's a quick application there that will lead to a phone call with me to see if we'd be a good fit for us to be able to produce a podcast for you so that all you have to worry about is showing up and recording the content and that is it. So you do what you do best, service your clients and create content and we'll do what we do best, which is creating uh, world-class chart-topping podcasts. So travischappell.com slash make my podcast. Melanie, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm super, super stoked to have you on.
1: I'm excited to be here. I'm looking forward to talking with you and your listeners about experimenting and all sorts of things, networking.
0: Yes, yes. So before we do that, let's go ahead and jump a little bit back into your story and chat about how you got to where you are today. I find it fascinating with... um, certain industries like yours, like coaching, that's not really a traditional path that your career counselor necessarily talks to you about in high school. So talk to me about like 12, 13, 14 year old Melanie. What were you up to back then? Likes, dislikes, and um, did you enjoy school? Was it a nightmare? Talk to me a little bit about junior high Melanie.
1: I liked junior high. I ran for student council president. I gave out cookies and I told everyone, be a smart cookie, vote for Melanie and i And I won, and uh, that was really fun it was It was really interesting to do that. We did a lot of um, we did a lot of visiting of other schools, and that was really interesting. I realized you know that if you had an idea and you could find someone who would help you to integrate that idea, it could be really helpful. So I had a teacher that I recruited to take us to visit lots of schools and and do lots of events, and um, we would go visit schools for the day and you know, make a lot of new friends. It was very fun.
0: That's awesome, that's awesome. Sounds like a good time. Talk to me, what was like uh, home life for you?
1: Uh, my home life was very traditional. My parents were fairly religious. Um, they wanted me to go to Sunday school and church camp and all of those things. I, I did those things. <laughs> I did those things. I was I was also pretty athletic. I was a swimmer, and awesome. yeah, my life was very privileged. Okay. I, I had a really privileged, very middle class life. My dad had the best job title ever, is what my brother called it. He was the director of wargaming at White Sands Missile Range. Wow. Uh, uh, for the, for the U S army, he was civil service, but he played war games. That is an
0: awesome title. Your Mm -hmm. brother, your brother nailed it with that one. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, so, so really like middle-class type of family, like you never had any, um, you know, didn't have to worry about where food was going to, you know, come on, on the next meal or whatever, but not necessarily swimming in the dough either. Both
1: of my parents came from farming backgrounds So there were, there were family farms that we knew about, but they didn't affect our day-to-day lives.
0: Got it. Got it. Cool. So talk to me then about your high school experience and then leading into college. Did you go to college? Did you find that useful?
1: Yeah, I went to the university of New Mexico. I was an exchange student in Denmark when I was in high school.
0: Oh, awesome. In high school.
1: In high school. I, I graduated and went for my, you know, my last high school year, essentially I graduated early and went there.
0: Okay, so you were there for how long?
1: I was there for a year. I had three host families and I loved it.
0: Where in Denmark?
1: I was in Copenhagen, north of Copenhagen in Gentofte.
0: Cool, that's really cool. I I really, really enjoyed Denmark. I went when I was a teenager and I've been meaning to go back now with my wife because I loved the country so much. It's so beautiful. And that happens to be where um, some of my ancestry traces back to as well. So it was uh, kind of a more more of a meaningful trip. It was
1: life-changing.
0: Yeah, t- tell yeah, me about, I, was, I mean, as a, I mean, <laughs> you're what, 16, 17, and to leave for an entire year and live in a completely different country where the main language isn't your language and stuff like that. I mean, what was that experience like?
1: Yeah, I was 17 years old. I left with my friend, Mora. We were on an airplane, and on the plane, we discovered that both of us knew how to say yes, no, and please, and thank you. <laughs> and they don't ever really say please in Denmark. They just say thank you after. So, 25% of my my four words I never used. (laughs) um, But I I did. We went straight to a language school. All of us, all the Americans and Canadians went to a language school for two weeks.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And we would walk into town and go to the local bars because all of a sudden we could drink.
0: (laughs) That's true.
1: Lots of potatoes. It was, that was, that was really fun. And then I just loved the country. I became conversationally fluent while I was there. Nice. I, I found it to be so refreshing to think of another way of doing life, a whole, a whole different set of rules and mores and yeah, just how people live completely differently than North Americans do.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Do you, do you find that travel is still a part of your life today?
1: Absolutely. I I live in Canada and mm-hmm. I'm American and my family's some of my family's still in the US. So we travel a lot. I at one point I said to my husband, you know, I we travel, we travel a lot and we've never talked about it. We spend most of our disposable income on travel. And he said, Yeah, when we when we retire, I can only imagine we're gonna travel more. But, <laughs> yeah, we we married well,
0: yeah. <laughs> the two of is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast, indeed.com/slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need a hire, you need indeed. That's awesome. Tell me your like top two or three lessons in general that you've learned while like through traveling a bunch.
1: Mm. I think. Well, my favorite is if we're on a road trip or or driving around a country. We we never eat at a chain restaurant. We never eat anything that you could get just about anywhere. So we always try to find the local cuisine. We were on one trip with our kids. They were three years old and we took them to a restaurant. I think we were in Mississippi or Missouri. I don't know where we were. And uh, my kids ate frog legs and fried okra and collard greens and fried fried green tomatoes. And it it was just a great experience. We carried a deep dish pizza from Chicago all the way to Denver one time uh, that we bought on a road trip. So so That's that was awesome. one. And the other I think is just to go only with appreciation, not to try to judge whether something is better or worse than your own life, mm. but to go with an open mind and try and experience it before you make decisions about whether you like it or not. I. I meet people who travel who their first the way they try to orient to their travel is to decide if they like it or not and mm, yeah and I think they've missed a step the first yeah. is to see if they can understand it
0: yeah and that really is to me one of the biggest reasons to travel right there is is perspective it just allows you to put on somebody else's glasses for a little bit right we're all born with just we're we're born with glasses. We're born with lenses through which we see the world based on our context and our perspective on how the world works and the way that we grew up in the area we grew up in and the culture and the influences and the media and everything that we consume. You know, we're just, we're nothing but a sum of all of those things. And so to be able to go and get a glimpse of what that looks like through somebody else's lenses for a different for a, a different period of time, I think is 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 just highly valuable, especially when it comes to kind of what we're talking about in this conversation um, or what we' we'll, where we're getting to which is networking and it gives you so much more commonalities with so many other people and allows you to um, get a glimpse into what those people um you know how they live their lives on a daily basis, which is you know super cool to me
1: i I agree absolutely.
0: Okay, so Denmark, then you come back to the States. What's the plan after that?
1: Well, I, I thought I wanted to get as far away from home as possible when I left for Denmark. And then I really missed New Mexico.
0: Hmm, a part of my practice yeah.
1: lives there. So,
0: Interesting how that uh, happens, huh?
1: I know, I know. I, it was, no one was more surprised than me. <laughs> yeah. So I came back, I had actually gotten a full scholarship to the University of New Mexico that I didn't even respond to. I didn't even say no thing. <laughs> I didn't yeah. defer. So I came back and sort of ate crow and said, you know, hey, could I have that scholarship? And they said, sure, you can have your scholarship. And so I was there for for I was there for 5 years and um I was really happy that I went there. It was it was a very interesting education. It's a lot of older students, the population um The student population is really diverse, and there were just things they did there better than I would imagine many universities around diversity, around, I took a Latin American uh, politics class. Hmm. I just met really interesting people there.
0: Okay, so this one has been a long time coming, and I'm excited to announce the launch of my new company, World Class Media. I've been doing podcast coaching and consulting for individuals and businesses for the last couple of years, and over the last few months, I just haven't been able to keep up with the requests. So in order to serve more people, I've decided to stop taking on coaching clients and start an agency that creates a done-for-you podcasting solution, as well as monthly production and repurposing services. So if you are a business owner, coach, consultant, entrepreneur, real estate investor, whatever it may be, then a podcast should be the most powerful business development tool in your arsenal. Imagine having something that is constantly engaging your ideal client, even when you're sleeping, or that allows you to connect with the top people in your industry to build your network and establish credibility, or that allows you to help listeners that are currently outside of your sphere of influence, or that helps you get book deals or speak on more stages or create content once that we can repurpose and distribute across all the platforms for you. That is the power of a world-class podcast that's done the right way. So if you're interested in starting a show, but you just don't have the time, the resources, or desire to figure out all the tech stuff, the hosting, the equipment, the platforms, the production... Then you just focus on what you do best, which is serving your clients and running your business. And then let my team focus on what we do best, which is creating world-class chart-topping podcasts. Let's at least hop on a call and chat about it because I'm fairly picky with the people that I work with, and I only work with people who I genuinely think are going to be able to absolutely crush it with a new show. So head over to travischappell.com slash podcast. That's Travischapel.com slash podcast, and we'll chat real soon. So overall, your experience in college positive, negative, neutral, would you recommend it to other people?
1: Yeah, it was great for my for my kids, I think I want them to my husband went to yale i I think that my kids will go to a school back east that's that's perhaps more prestigious. Hmm. Um, but for me, it was perfect.
0: Got it. Got it. Well, awesome. So now you are a college graduate. Did you get your bachelor's? I did. In what? In,
1: in communication, which at the time I did mostly cause a friend of mine was getting their degree in communication, but it turned out to be the perfect, perfect degree for my career. Yeah, I so. Use what I learned.
0: So then from there, what was the next steps? Like, did you get like a first job out of college or did you just get directly into the coaching space?
1: No, I became a nanny and a waitress.
0: Yes, because
1: it, it was. to go cut your teeth. Right? Yeah. That's what was available, so I did that for a while, and and eventually, um, eventually, I looked around to see who I knew that was successful, and it was a guy named Jim, and he was doing mortgages. So I worked my way into the mortgage business, and I. Did mortgages for several years. I worked for a Fortune five hundred company, and then I went out on my own and I did mortgages, and I was really successful at it. Along the way, and through college, I'd done sales and marketing and things like that. I had always been interested in that. Okay. And uh, I became sort of disillusioned with the idea of taking equity out of people's homes. It it just didn't it didn't feel good to me. I wanted to have a more positive impact in the world. I sort of networked my way into learning about coaching. Yes. Um, how how did that happen? <laughs> yeah, I thought you might ask that. <laughs>
2: well,
1: I I had a guy I was dating in Phoenix, Arizona, and I dropped my my kid off at the time. I was I was newly divorced at that point. And I went to see this friend in Arizona. And I was reading a book at the time called Practical Intuition by Laura Day. And it was, awesome. it was an interesting book. Um, Laura Day was Demi Moore's psychic. And I, I thought it was an interesting book. And so I was reading it and she had all these exercises where you would sort of think a thought or ask a question and then you would follow the information that you got. I I'm saying this sort of with a a laugh in my voice because it <laughs> still feels kind of woo-woo to me the whole thing.
0: Yeah, right. Um,
1: and and I'm not a very woo-woo coach, but I I was doing this book and I was doing all these exercises and you would write something down and at one point I thought to myself I I was doing an errand for my friend and I I thought to myself, Oh, I need to find a locksmith. And my car, literally, I just drove straight to a locksmith in Phoenix and I'd never been there before. And then I thought, well, I need to find a bookstore and I drove straight to a bookstore and I, I literally didn't know where I was going, but it's, the idea was to pay attention to what's around you. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'm going to try this. I, I knew when I went on this trip that I was done with being a mortgage broker and I was going to find a new career. I just knew it. I told people this. I, I said, I'm going to go on this trip and at the end, I'm going to know exactly what I want to do next. And so I was driving home and there was a road sign that said, oh, oh I was driving home and I thought to myself, okay, now's the time to ask the question. Hmm. What am I going to do next? So I think that in my mind and this sign pops up that says this road maintained by Lucent Technologies. And it it was a really interesting sign because I had been looking at companies that were top, you know, top employers in my area. I was in Denver at the time and Lucent was on my list of a place I might want to work. And so I went, so I was like, Oh, okay. So I'm going to work at Lucent. Great. That's, that's easy. That's super clear. So the next night I was in my hometown and I went out to drinks with my friend Patrick and his sister, Christy, and a woman who I've never spoken to again, I met her and because she lived in Denver also, I said, oh, what do you do? And she said, oh, I work for Lucent Technologies. Hmm. And I said, I'm supposed to work for Lucent Technologies. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing the ridiculousness of the statement, And she said, oh, really? Tell me more about that. And I started telling her about wanting to, you know, being in the mortgage business, wanting to have a more positive impact in the world. And I was looking for a new career. And she said, oh, no, Melanie, you aren't supposed to work for Lucent. You're supposed to be a coach.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: She was an internal coach at Lucent. And she... In that conversation, told me what school to go to, what to check out, what to look at. I got back to home after Christmas and I went and signed up for the coaching course.
0: Wow, that's awesome! That's awesome. And then that was how long ago, roughly
1: 21 years ago.
0: Okay, so 21 years now, you've been coaching. Talk to me about the beginning process. Like, was there ever a time in your coaching career where you're like, man, I should just give this up and go get a regular job?
1: Well, I, in, yeah, about 10, about 14 years ago, I actually took a regular job. I, I just was having a hard time having, getting enough clients at that point. And I, it was early, it was early, early in the, it was, maybe it was earlier than that. Um, and I took a job and I actually negotiated in the contract that I could coach at lunch and I coached in the evening. So Mm. I just worked all the time. And so I kept my coaching practice and I did a job I loved. And I really liked, I really liked that time in my life. It was very interesting. I was working as a director for AmeriCorps. So I was doing a lot of coaching internally as well. right, right. And it was really interesting to do that.
0: Yeah, so true. So let's talk a little bit, I know we chatted a little bit prior to recording about uh, about networking and about relationship building and how people can do it the right way instead of the wrong way. Um, This is the question that I ask everybody that comes on the show to kind of get them going in the right direction. So um, Melanie, do you believe that who you know, or what you know is more important? And why do you believe that?
1: I I think it's a really interesting question. And I actually think my answer is that who I know gives me what I know as a coach.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Can you expand on that?
1: Yeah. i I get to walk in my clients' lives. And so those aren't disparate conversations the the conversations I have with one client might be relevant to another client three years later and so because I get to walk in multiple clients lives I'm a business coach so multiple businesses I I learn from my clients so I work with really high-powered super successful people
0: Hmm. they're brilliant yeah
1: and I get to be with them in conversations about their biggest challenges. And I get to be a part of it long-term. I, my clients stay with me a really long time. I have a client I've had for 20 years since almost the beginning. Yeah. And because they stay so long, it's, it's like, I get to be there to be a partner, to be a thought partner, to, to hear their challenges, but also to hear how they resolve them. And so, what I know, I can't even extricate from who I know.
0: Yeah, right. That's, that's really always my answer is exactly what you just said, is that the what is always going to come from the who. Um, and that's no matter what who is around you, by the way, like that, that's why, that's why building your network and, and being really careful about the people you spend a lot of time with is so important because you're going to learn from the people that you spend time with, regardless of if you're intending to or not. And uh, so you're either going to learn from people that make you better, or you're going to learn from people that make you worse. And uh, so getting around those people that are going to make you better can make all the difference. If you just go spend the time with the people that are crushing it in your space, then you will end up at the top of your space, right? I wholeheartedly agree. So tell me about a story in your life, in your career, where a connection that you had made to somebody previously led you to maybe another connection or another connection or indirectly led to this moment of success or this big realization that you may have had?
1: I think the writing the book that I wrote um, definitely is through connections, through learning. I worked in IT, doing some things with a group of people uh, about seven years ago. Okay. And that spurred the thinking for the book that I wrote, The Experimental Leader. And that, the book came out of... I have, I have a client who's written five New York Times bestsellers. She works with a writer looked at a previous manuscript of mine and her feedback was tough but i tossed the manuscript and started over um and and so i was able to network and have that conversation because of my connection and the book that i had written would have been not the book i should have been writing the book i wrote is the book i needed to write Hmm. and so that conversation helped me get here, even though it didn't feel like good news at the time. And then just everything from the publisher to publicity, all of those are through networking. I have such a great list of people around me who all wish me well and want to help me get to the right places and do the right things.
0: Yeah.
2: I
1: feel so blessed.
0: Yeah, right. Right. I mean, there's that that you just said it right there. That's why those relationships are so important is helping piece together those things during the times where you're really not sure how things are going to come together, you know. And 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 like you just said, writing a book or something like that, like I, I wouldn't have imagined previously, you know, that if I really wanted to write a New York Times bestseller. I could just reach out to 20 or 30 people that I know now that are New York Times bestselling authors and say, Hey, what's your best advice for this? Hey, can you make any connections uh, for me? Do you, do you have any contacts at the publishing Um, publishing house that you used what what was your main marketing source like there's just so many things that you can take away and learn from people if you have a really strong network of multiple experts that are in multiple industries and uh, really with the most of them being concentrated in the industry that you're in is even better but um, when you when you have such a diverse network of people that you can reach out to when you're writing a book or doing something uh, that's really important to you or going through a big you know product launch or Um, or releasing a blog post or a YouTube video or whatever it is, like having access to people that just have a lot of knowledge in those topics or areas prevents you from having to go learn it or hire people to learn it and just allows you to be able to plug in directly to the knowledge source and kind of download it directly from there. So um, yeah, that's amazing. So tell me a little bit about your book, The Experimental Leader. I know that you have that uh, coming out here pretty quick. The book is
1: about using an experimental mindset and iterating and work creating experiments in an organization and the open flow of ideas so that people can innovate more quickly. Hmm. And the, the book is called The Experimental Leader. So it's about how do you lead that experimentation in your organization? In many ways, it's about those open the open flow of communication and ideas so that relationships are really key An organization that can give feedback between its people, whether it's to say, this idea is not going to work, or I think if we tweak this idea this way, that free flow of ideas really creates a better climate for innovation. Hmm. And that's really exciting.
0: Yeah, no kidding. That's amazing. Where can they find a copy of that book?
1: It's up on Amazon for pre-order, and it's out on April 7th.
0: April 7th.
1: Yeah, and if they'd like to get information, they can um, look on my website, melanieparish.com.
0: Perfect. So as of this recording, it is not out yet, but I believe when this episode releases, if you're listening to this right now, it should be totally live. So make sure to go over to Amazon and search for The Experimental Leader. Support Melanie and her book launch over there. Um, Melanie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Besides the book, what would be the best way for listeners to connect with you?
1: I'm on Twitter at Parish. And I'm on Facebook, The Experimental Leader.
0: Perfect. Awesome. So Twitter, at Melanie Parrish. Um, and then on Facebook, The Experimental Leader. Melanie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of your knowledge with the audience today. I'm sure that uh, that, that a lot of things will be taken and uh, put into action from uh, from your episode. So I appreciate you for coming on.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, that's it for today's show. If you want more advanced networking strategies as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle Mastermind. There are already dozens of high-quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls. There's accountability crews and more, all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's byn. InnerCircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. We'll see you next time. Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.
2: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corrient.